state-sponsored hacking. That and more is what the U.S. is up against. There is just no country that presents a broader threat. But it goes beyond cyber war, leaching into all sectors. In this special report, we look at how the Chinese regime has waged war on virtually every area, making waves that reach every American, even though most people don't even realize it. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. One of the biggest threats facing America is virtually unseen. The world of cyber war may seem illusory and imagined, but the effects it can have are devastating and very real. In its annual threat assessment report, the U.S. intelligence community concluded China's push for global influence is the top threat to America's national and economic security. FBI Director Christopher Wray has said that here in the U.S., Chinese hackers have unleashed a massive, sophisticated program that is bigger than those of other major nations combined. Now, where is China learning to do that? Desert Storm was really, in many ways, the, the peak or the pinnacle. And we're talking about 90, Now, last century, uh, last century here, um, sounds a long time ago, and it is. We saw the net-centric capabilities, kind of a term from that era, uh, the way the U.S. managed and marshaled its information technology is giving us dominance. And it did. And the Russians and the Chinese watched Desert Storm extremely closely. They studied it and still study it to this day in detail. That's John Mills, retired colonel, former director of cybersecurity at the Defense Department, senior fellow with the Center for Security Policy and part of the Spectrum Consulting Group. He notes all that study went into Russia's invasion of Ukraine. But it wasn't quite the desert storm they were hoping for. Here we are six, seven weeks later, and it really has not gone well. In the past, cyber was a big part of Russia's attack efforts. In 2015, nearly half of Ukraine's power grid was taken offline. But this time, we're not seeing that level of cyber strikes. Why not? Casey Fleming, CEO of Black Ops Partners Corp, explains. What you're seeing is uh, it's more calculating and streamlined in to support the, the combat piece of it or the conventional warfare piece. Before, since there wasn't conventional war enacted in Ukraine, you saw much more of a widespread target across Ukraine, uh, inserting malware, taking information from, from an espionage perspective and so on. So now it's much more targeted. Uh, as opposed to what it was in the past, so it supports the ground invasion. That's what you're saying. A big part of that this time around is in the disinformation sphere. Disinformation has absolutely reached a crescendo level from coming out of both Russia and uh, China CCP in support of Russia uh, as they are aligned against the United States as well as Iran and North Korea, the four of them. So uh, the disinformation piece, again, is, is, a, is it's, it's an, at an extremely high level to support the ground invasion and to keep the Russian people in the dark, as well as the rest of the world as much as they can keep it in the dark from a narrative uh, position. And one nation state keeping a close eye on everything as it plays out is the Chinese Communist Party. 
Fleming says Russia's invasion is teaching Beijing two lessons. First, they're learning the ground invasion piece of it, why it's not working and things that they may want to do differently. So this is really a trial balloon by Xi and the CCP to see really how uh, uh, the adversary is going to respond, namely new Ukraine, and in China's case, it would be Taiwan. But then also the way NATO supports, the U.S. supports, and uh, you know, all the way down to the uh, financial methods of uh, the restrictions there, the sanctions. As for why Beijing is paying such close attention. They're actually studying this so they can be much more successful with a Taiwan invasion and other uh, uh, spread invasions after Taiwan. So it's really a trial balloon. It's a, a study from not just the conventional piece on where the failures are, but also the cyber piece on what's working and what they can do better, as well as the narrative and the disinformation. Beijing has long regarded Taiwan as an existential threat, and because of that, has vowed to take the island by force if necessary. That's despite the communist regime never ruling Taiwan. So how would an attack play out? Fleming notes cyber would be a big part. The Chinese Communist Party and their assets, namely the PLA, are actually even better than the Russians. The Russians have gotten pretty good over the past several years, but the Chinese Communist Party is, is really, really good. At least they're the managers or the, the controllers of the PLA, and that's who's doing the work. Um, so you're, what you can expect is much more of an infrastructure hit to Taiwan than the Ukraine than Ukraine has seen. So you're going to look at much more of uh, an advanced type of action than than what Russia did with Ukraine. So, so really hitting the infrastructure really hard, say in the weeks pre preceding in advance or uh, the conventional advance uh, with uh, with soldiers and the conventional warfare. And there's a reason infrastructure is called critical. Fleming describes how an attack would play out. Start with the power, electricity, water, um, uh, lighting, uh, you know, and then that, that, of course, translates to hospitals, and then, of course, banking infrastructure. So really, it's, it's infrastructure, anything to do with critical infrastructure, which, again, is electricity. Pretty much our entire societies now around the world, the, the productive pieces of the world, all are uh, run on electricity and microchips, right? So that's an issue. Uh, water is an, is is critically necessary for survival and healthcare, banking, all those type of things that are critical infrastructure that will be attacked in in succession to weaken the opponent before the ground war starts. But an attack on Taiwan wouldn't just stay confined to the island. Those effects would ripple all the way out to America. The free world has been under attack for many, many years, actually for decades. It's called unrestricted hybrid warfare. So you would see uh, a gradual weakening. For right now, you're seeing uh, uh, you know, NATO and other countries supporting Ukraine. You would see China coming after those countries as well in very strong cyber attacks. And that's what we certainly expect from a government standpoint as well as the private sector. So uh, China is much more aggressive. They've done much more uh, work around a, a complete plan, not just on cyber, but the full picture of unrestricted hybrid warfare. When dealing with cyber, sometimes the best approach might not be fighting like with like. That's because, as Fleming notes, the Chinese regime isn't only launching a cyber attack, but rather attacking through multiple levels. 
Mills cites his history of working in national security for the government as examples of how to counter that kind of non-fungible, unique threat. You always got to think of all the domains. And you got to think about instruments of national power, diplomatic, information, military, economic, the war fighting domains, space, cyber, land, air, sea. You got to think about everything. You can't just be one. You can't be stuck in a silo. Let's look at an example of that. China continues to, you know, uh, rampage through the uh, Office of Personnel Management networks. Okay, fine. Cut off the ATM and uh, uh, squeeze China financially. Oh, we can't do that. That's not cyber. No, 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 no. We have to think all domains, all domains. As for the specific threats we face, Fleming offers an inside look, given his access as the CEO of Black Ops Partners, whether those risks are seen or unseen. And he says the amount is staggering. All I can tell your audience is the level and degree of infiltration and subversion is beyond most people's comprehension. I've been doing this a long time, and it uh, it's a stretch for me to 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 accept it. Uh, but I see it all day, every day, seven days a week. Most people have no idea, and and it's kind of like don't ask, don't tell. But the level that we are infiltrated in the United States and in the UK and Canada and Australia and Western civilizations would absolutely blow your audience's mind. It covers all sectors. You're seeing that all these different methods, economic warfare, um, telecommunications warfare, religious warfare, drug warfare, all these type of things are are meant to weaken the adversary before a conventional ground war. In fact, all the other methods, they'll think that they, the CCP believes that they should never really have to go to a full-on conflict or, or conventional war because the adversary is weakened so much by hybrid warfare means. Hybrid warfare combines conventional warfare methods like military might with the unconventional. Like, for example, the number one killer of Americans today is fentanyl, and the number one manufacturer is China in the city of Wuhan. And they send those, they send those drugs over to the western port of Mexico called Michoacan, and they use the Mexican drug cartel's network to distribute those through North America as well as on its way to Europe as well. As FBI Director Christopher Wray said earlier this year, whatever makes an industry tick, they target. He went on to say it's like the surveillance nightmare of East Germany combined with the tech of Silicon Valley. This is a battle. It is a daily battle. Everything going around, most Americans are just trying to live their lives go to church, take care of their families, provide for their families. But you got to realize almost every American knows somebody who's been affected by the opioid threat. Okay, where's that opioid threat coming from? It's coming from China. Fentanyl is almost 100% a, a, a product from the CCP. Almost every American knows somebody in the bondage of uh, opioid addiction right there. We are on the front line. The American citizen is on the front line against the struggle against China just by us having to fa uh, face the opioid threat. The National Institute on Drug Abuse notes that opioid-involved overdose deaths rose significantly in recent years. In 2020, there were over 68,600 overdose deaths, as compared to just over 46,800 in 2018. But it goes beyond that.
So that's just one example of out of literally thousands of examples of the degree of uh, infiltration and subversion, not to mention Congress people, congressmen, uh, state and local politics that take money from the Chinese Communist Party to vote certain ways and to be sympathetic to the CCP cause and their mission, not their own, not their own mission that they signed up to represent their constituents in the United States. And if individuals aren't feeling the effects of the opioid crisis, there's another area that everyone has felt. China is affecting our supply chains, whether it be f uh, food, whether it be energy. Every American is affected by this. So, so citizens need to be aware. They need to be vocal about this with their elected officials. They need to dominate their county councils because that's actually on the front line of staring down these threats to the American constitutional republic. The American citizen needs to rise up and get active. That begs the question, how do we counter that threat? Americans need to get educated. They need to understand the world that they're in today has never been as unstable as it is since since World War II. You've got four adversaries, just like we did in World War II, and the instability is the level that we're talking about right now. So you're, you're, you're seeing World War II play all over again at the speed of technology and the stealth of unrestricted hybrid warfare. Once people understand the extent of the threat, Fleming lays out possible next steps. So number one, get educated. Number two, vote people in office and give them a list of things that you demand. Number one, no foreign influence, specifically from the Chinese Communist Party, as well as Russia in the free world and any of our allies and our, and our money is not used to our investments, are not used to support the Chinese military or the CCP, those type of things as well as big data. We've got to put uh, uh, reins on big data to make sure that big data is fair and supports complete free speech and not just somebody's version of free speech to, to emphasize a certain party or a certain uh, position. So uh, social media and big tech must support free speech. And, and, and you know, the, the things that we're seeing, that's the instability in our economy. Fleming notes, we're already seeing that communist influence in U.S. streets. You're seeing all these different movements. That's Chinese communism. It's under, under the premise of Marxism, but what's underneath it is truly Chinese communism and the degree of infiltration and subversion. So all these different movements that you're seeing throughout the United States is meant to weaken the United States and get all these different uh, groups of people to, to have infighting. So we're weakened and we're just tired and, uh, and the Chinese Communist Party can have their way with us. That's really what the plan is. And that's the, the thrust behind unrestricted hybrid warfare. As a group of former national security leaders said in a letter to Congress, there is a battle brewing between authoritarianism and democracy. Mills also details ways to help. Every time there's an open mic session at the county council, the election board, the school board, the election registrar, uh, they need to speak to their sheriff. They need to speak to their, their, count, their, their state attorney at the county level. And they need to vocally, vocally uh, speak their piece on this. And that's, that's one of the, the best ways they can address this, stand up to it and stare down the communist threat. Because in the end, you, 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 you follow the tentacles, you, you follow the money. This is this is it goes right back to China and and we are average American city is seeing the chaos and 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 paying the price firsthand. But without taking action, experts warn our lives won't be the same.
and it's happening on your watch. So you know, take action. If you have, if you care about your country, it doesn't have to be just the United States, but all of our allies, our free allies, um, you know, it's on your watch. It concerns your family. So it's time to take action, get educated and start voting and, and, uh, uh, join a grassroots movement to take, uh, to take our country back and, uh, uh, to defend the constitution and the bill of rights. If our constitutional republic is lost, it'll never, ever exist again in human history. And, and who knows what we will be facing. They say it's not a threat that will go away on its own, but rather now is a time when history could very well be made. A moment when future generations will look back on as a crossroads. But today's quiet, mainly invisible battle for America's freedom also means it's not too late. Coming up, the U.S. issues a warning to Chinese companies listed on American stock markets and outlines what they could face if they don't follow the rules. Find out more after the break here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. Over 80 Chinese companies could be kicked off America's stock market if they continue failing to follow the rules here in the U.S. Here's more. Washington is pushing Chinese companies listed in the U.S. even harder to follow the rules. The Securities and Exchange Commission, or SEC, added over 80 Chinese companies to a list on Wednesday. Names on that list include some of China's biggest companies, such as e-commerce giant JD.com and video platform Bilibili. If these companies don't open their books to U.S. regulators, they could get kicked out of the U.S. market in three years. The U.S. exchanges have listed about 250 Chinese companies altogether. The value of their total stock shares is over $1 trillion. But here's the catch. Even though Chinese companies should open their books to U.S. regulators, they don't. Beijing doesn't allow them to, citing national security concerns. Despite failing to follow the rules, the U.S. has allowed these Chinese companies to stay here. But in 2020, things changed. Congress passed a bipartisan bill. Under it, Chinese companies that failed to open their books would face delisting in three years. Virus lockdowns in China are hurting company earnings, eating into everything from Teslas to lattes. Here's the CEO of Starbucks China, Belinda Wong. Net revenue in China declined 14% and sales comp declined 20% in Q2 versus last year after adjusting for the VAT subsidy, all from reduced traffic. We expect an even greater impact on our Q3 results due to the timing of the Shanghai lockdown and a further resurgence of the virus in other cities, including Beijing. Tesla's earnings also decreased, but Elon Musk said production in Shanghai is back to high levels already. He doesn't think supply bottlenecks will be a big deal. Other companies, from luxury goods makers to fast food restaurants, show the impact of lost sales and shaken confidence in recent weeks. Showroom stores and malls in Shanghai were shut and as 25 million residents unable to shop online for much beyond food and daily necessities due to delivery bottlenecks. 
The prime ministers of the UK and Japan have agreed to a defense deal. It will allow their military forces to work more closely together. The Tuesday agreement is part of Britain's goal to deepen ties with nations in the Indo-Pacific region. It intends to unify Europe and East Asia in the face of what PM Boris Johnson has called autocratic, coercive powers. Malcolm Hudson with NTD's UK News has more. We in the UK recognize that our security in Europe is indivisible from the security, uh, our security, our collective security in uh, the Asia-Pacific, in the Indo-Pacific region. Johnson said there is a direct relation between the actions of autocratic, coercive powers in Europe and what may happen in the East Asia region, alluding to Beijing's aggression towards Taiwan. Kishida expressed similar concerns, saying peace and stability in the Taiwan Strait is critical not only for Japan, but also for international stability. The military agreement will allow UK and Japanese forces to deploy together for training, joint exercises and disaster relief activities. Johnson also said the world has observed the strong stance the Japanese government has taken against Russia's invasion. Delivering a speech at London's Guild Hall earlier in the day, Kishida called upon bankers and investors to invest in Japan. He said Japan will continue to be an economic powerhouse and will use nuclear energy to detach from Russian oil and gas. In order to contribute to a global move to reduce dependence on Russian energy, in addition to renewable energy, we will secure safety to utilize nuclear reactors. Johnson said the landmark agreements will ensure the two island nations focus on driving growth and remaining technological superpowers. The expanded trade partnerships are expected to boost major infrastructure projects, with Downing Street saying they will provide an alternative to Russian oil and gas, suggesting the sharing of nuclear tech. With Taiwan raising its alert level since the invasion, Kishida said collaboration between nations sharing universal values is becoming ever more vital, and warned that Ukraine today may be East Asia tomorrow. Malcolm Hudson, NTD News, London. Defense chiefs from the U.S. and Japan agreed on Wednesday to strengthen cooperation and counter any attempt to change the status quo by force in the Indo-Pacific. This amid China's growing assertiveness and North Korea's nuclear threat. Russia's invasion was also brought up in talks. That's all for today's China In Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus at ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching and see you tomorrow.